Hi, I'm Deanna Lund, and I'm your next guest on On Screen and Beyond. On Screen and Beyond, an inside look into the entertainment world featuring interviews with people from the movie, TV, and music industry, news on upcoming TV and DVD releases, and the rumor mill. And now, here's the host of On Screen and Beyond, Brian Zemrak. Get ready for another episode of On Screen and Beyond, the weekly show that lets you know what's coming your way as far as remakes, sequels, movies, movies on DVD, and TV on DVD, and our weekly interview with a guest from the movie, TV, or music industry. I'm your host, Brian Zemrak, and this is episode 122. And this week, our guest is actress Deanna Lund, who is best known for her role as Valerie Ames Scott on the sci-fi classic TV show Land of the Giants, and of course, she was been in, been in many other TV shows and as guest star and in movies and everything. She's going to talk all about that, and it's coming up next very shortly, right here in a few minutes on On Screen and Beyond. And let's see, I also want to thank all of the people who have joined us on Facebook and uh, also on MySpace. And if you haven't done so yet, please join us, okay, on either one of those. And we have a link right at the bottom of our page of homepage of onscreenandbeyond.com. You can go there, scroll down to the bottom of the page, and you'll see where we have our links to those two, MySpace and Facebook. So check those out and join us. And uh, let's see, we have a very busy schedule coming up in the next few weeks here at On Screen to Beyond. I've been making some connections with some very, very interesting guests. I think you're going to really like them. And coming soon, we're going to have a member of a legendary rock band coming your way, as well as a star of a classic TV western and a whole bunch more. So keep listening to On Screen to Beyond and check our website often for your chance to ask questions of our guests by sending us an email at feedback at onscreenandbeyond.com. And we'll have a chance to let you know who is going to be coming and who you can ask. So keep keep checking the site at onscreenandbeyond.com. Well, it's time to move on and check out what's coming your way as far as remakes right here on On Screen and Beyond. Please hang up and try again. Well, remakes, I remember way back at one of the first episodes we ever did, uh, you know, as at maybe the fourth or fifth one, I was saying, you know, I didn't know if we'd be able to continue to find remakes that were being made, but uh, here we are at 122 of the episodes of On Screen and Beyond, and it never stops. Well, the real-life story of a drug-dealing biker turned religious crusader named Sam Childers is heading to be remade into a movie called Machine Gun Preacher. And it will star Gerard Butler. And the book series featuring British spy Nick Stone is heading to be remade to the big screen. It's a 12-book series. So if all goes well, yep, that's right. They're going to be making sequels for sure. The first one's going to be called Echelon. And another remake of a, the classic South Pacific is in the works. And the claim is this one's going to be edgier. That's right. It's going to be edgier. And... Um, it's still going to include the songs of Rodgers uh, and Hammerstein and, uh, you know, <laughs> edgier and those songs uh, just doesn't sound right. But uh, anyways, we'll see what they do with that. Uh, it's really tough to make a remake of such a classic, but uh, we'll see what they do. And let's see. That's about it for remakes. Coming up next on On Screen to Beyond, what's coming your way as far as upcoming movies, rumored and otherwise, right here on On Screen and Beyond.
Upcoming movies. Well, it looks like Mark Ruffalo will star in The Normal Heart in 2012. It's about a gay activist trying to raise HIV-AIDS awareness in the early 1980s. And Brad Pitt, Shia LaBeouf, will star in Riptide. It's about an investigator trying to solve a murder case on a ship involving a handyman, a young stockbroker, and the stockbroker's girlfriend. Look for that to come out in 2012 also. And the biopic on Ozzy Osbourne is in the works. And rumors have that that, uh, Colin Farrell will play Ozzy. So we'll keep you updated on that. That's it for upcoming movies. Next on On Screen and Beyond, sequels. Right here at Sequel City on On Screen and Beyond. Sequel City, well, it looks like uh, the next Saw film is to be titled Saw 3D, The Traps Come Alive. And it's uh, number seven in the series, and it just doesn't seem to stop, and you can expect it to come out on October 22nd, just in time for Halloween. Toy Story 3 is a huge hit, of course. Everybody knows that, and it's a wonderful conclusion to the Toy Story series. Or is it? The studio says the characters will be in uh, a short coming up next year, but not, uh, nothing to announce, they say, about uh, a full-length feature or anything like that. But Tim Allen is under contract for a fourth film. So that's not uncommon. That, that, that's uh, something that uh, is common to get people signed on for films, but then they don't do them. So uh, we'll see what happens with that, though. They have that option. And the next installment of Ice Age will be called Ice Age Continental Drift. And you can look for that in July 13th of 2012. And that's it for Sequel City. Coming up next on On Screen to Be On, what's coming your way as far as TV on DVD? This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. TV on DVD, well, October 5th, you can look for Bones, Season 5, as it arrives on DVD and Blu-ray. And the fifth season of Ghost Whisperer, the complete fifth season, comes to DVD on September 21st. And the DVD release of Modern Family, the complete first season, lands in stores on September 21st. And be sure to check out our interview with uh, past guest Rico Rodriguez in Season 2, Episode 56 of On Screen and Beyond. You can get it at onscreenandbeyond.com and then go to our past uh, On Screen and Beyond reruns and get our past interviews and uh, check out Rico. He plays, of course, the son of Ed O'Neill on that show. So that's about it for TV on DVD. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, Movies on DVD. Movies coming your way. It looks like on July 27th, you can look for the documentary Joan Mitchell, Portrait of an Abstract Painter to arrive. And fans of the video game Halo will enjoy Red vs. Blue Season 6 Reconstruction as it comes to DVD on July 27th also. And on September 7th, MacGruber comes to DVD. That's it for movies on 
on Screen and Beyond, coming out on DVD. And next, we have our interview with Deanna Lund. Now, of course, Deanna was in a lot of different movies, and we talk about that. But most of all, people remember her as Valerie Scott on Land of the Giants. That's coming up next, right here on On Screen and Beyond. Joining us today on On Screen and Beyond is an actress who has worked with Frank Sinatra, Elvis, Burt Reynolds, and many more in films, but to many of us, she will always be remembered as Valerie Ames Scott on the classic sci-fi TV show, Land of the Giants. It's Deanna Lund. Deanna, welcome to On Screen and Beyond. Oh, thank you, Brian. It's a pleasure to be here. Deanna, looking at, at your credits, it's, it's amazing the people that you have worked with. Like, like... I know. I've been very fortunate. I mean, some of these... People are icons, and it's. Um, I was very fortunate because I, I would get to know them from working with them, and I find out what really terrific people most of them were. Of course, and we're going to get more into this, but Land of the Giants, even to this day, people are still talking about it, and, and when they recently released the DVD, uh, you know, people were swarming to get the, the whole set and everything. Do stu- people still recognize you and, and everything? Yeah, you know, I still do um, autograph shows, and and it's amazing to me because sci-fi fans are unlike any other fans in the world. I mean, I go and I have a table full of pictures with people like Sinatra and Elvis and, and all these other people that I've worked been fortunate enough to work with, and they're really only interested in the pictures from Land of the Giants. And I'm just flabbergasted by it. I, I think it's wonderful. I'm, it makes me happy that I did the show, because at the time, I wasn't uh, that big a sci-fi fan. In the years since, of course, I have become. And now everything is sci-fi. Right. <laughs> but, of course, it's much easier to do now with all the uh, computer graphics. But... I know when we did Giants, it was the most expensive show on the year. It was in those days, which was <clears throat> so many years ago. Um, it was uh, like a, a quarter of a million dollars for each show, just for the special effects. So um, that was a lot of money then, you know. And, um, and well, it still is now. Right. <laughs> but anyway, um, it was uh, yeah, and that's what sunk us actually. That and uh, when the studio did Cleopatra. Uh, oh, that that caused. Yeah, they were putting it, all their money into that, or uh, it bankrupt Fox. You know, the Cleopatra just went on and on and on, and then of course didn't recoup any money. And um, Giants, because of how expensive it was, um, just got sunk. First you know, along the with the block. studio. Yeah, it was too bad. Oh, jeez. had they gone on, uh, they had some interesting plans. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, yeah. Oh. They Erwin uh, Allen had asked. Um, Don and I, uh, the fellow that played Mark, mm-hmm. if uh, he knew that we were getting serious, and he said, uh, uh, if I offered you a, a honeymoon around the world, he said, would you let a giant marry you on the show? <laughs> and we thought, whoa, a trip around the world? <laughs> we don't care who marries us. <laughs> so... Uh, so, yeah, so we were at a Board of Governors meeting, and I heard him um, 
I was sort of eavesdropping on a conversation that Erwin was having with Elton Rule, who's the, then a head of the studio, and I was giggling as he was telling him, and um, and then I heard him say, and in nine months, and I went, oh my gosh, I didn't agree to that. <laughs> <laughs> but as it turns out, it was true. <laughs> he could have got a twofer. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. So um now before all of this happened, Land of the Giants, your acting and everything, when you were a, a little girl is is was that your focus to become an actress? Not at all. Not at all. It was um Lord I wanted to be a, a vet or a zookeeper or um, you know, something to do with animals. Mm-hmm. You had a big love for animals. And yeah, I had no no aspirations. In fact, the only reason I got into theater was in college, um, well, in high school, in my last year, I almost flunked um, speech because I found it very difficult to get up in front of people. And um, so my father um, enrolled me, insisted that I take a, um, a drama workshop to get more relaxed. I have no idea why or why it was important, but anyway... Uh, I spent so much time uh, with my horse and competing in rodeos and gymkhanas and things that I really wasn't all that social. I mean, I had friends and I'd go to prom, but that was like really more than I wanted to even do. So, um, yeah, so anyway, he got me hooked into it, and after I did my first play, which, well, actually, the first one was a disaster. Do you remember what it was? Yeah, it was... um, um, Tennessee Williams, uh, mm, this property is condemned. Oh, okay. And I forgot every other line. <laughs> and <laughs> Was there a prompter prompting you? <laughs> no, there was no prompter. Because oh. it's just a one-act play. I mean, I was just, uh, well, my uh, current um, beau that I had a crush on um, my freshman year was sitting in the front row and sort of heckling me, and it completely distracted me. And anyway, so I was a total disaster. But then the second play I did, and God knows how I even got cast in it, but I did The Crucible, and I played the Abigail, the the really bad girl. Mm -hmm. And and that sort of hooked me, because after the play, when everyone came into the green room, um, nobody would talk to me, and I loved that. I thought, gee, now I can be a bad girl. (laughs) <laughs> and not want to talk, and uh, and, and I, you know, it's and get lauded for it. So it was fun. It was great fun knowing that I could just kind of become different people. Now you were talking about uh, your horses and and rodeos mm-hmm. and things like that. Now you were big into rodeos and yeah, yeah, um, it's all kinds of uh, games and competitive riding and. Um, uh, Oh, gosh, uh, racing and relays and um, a quadrille and trick riding and um, quarter horse. I had a quarter horse, so mm-hmm. it was it was great fun. And um, part of having a horse was um, I had to take care of it. And I grew up on the beach, which was really nice. But, you know, it's like anything else, you take it for granted when you're there. But, right. um, but I had to ride my bicycle way out into the country over the bridge and way out into the boondocks and muck the stall every day and, you know, groom him and ride him and um, feed him and all that. So 
I wound up, because uh, I was such a puny little thing, um, at school they felt sorry for me and gave me the last uh, the last class off to uh, to go out and do with it, deal with it. Huh. Yeah, so it, it was it was a great way to grow up, though. Yeah. So, so how how young were you when you started riding horses? Um, I was about eleven. Oh, okay. So, you, uh, yeah. Spent your. Uh, we had moved uh, when I was ten. We had moved to Arizona from Chicago and um, to a ranch, and it turned out to be sort of a disaster. The horses were that we got were totally nuts and threw my father and almost killed him. And oh, so. Um, we were so disappointed that when uh, we eventually, about within about a year later, we moved on to Florida. Um, I was asthmatic, so they were sort of moving me around to where I could breathe. And um, uh, I was promised that I could get a horse there, so I never stopped nagging until <laughs> I got one. Huh. And um, and it was great. Yeah. Now, in the rodeos, were you... Uh good at it were you getting ribbons and, and oh all? Yeah, yeah yeah it's oh. funny how I've, I've talked with some other people who uh, that's more or less how they started or they they've done over the years rodeos and, and a lot uh-huh. of the different people some of the uh, old uh, western people mm-hmm. from the western shows in the 50s and 60s that i've interviewed uh, they were uh-huh. they were doing rodeo things and things like that yeah there's um i i wish i had done um I think I always, I had such a crush on Roy Rogers and Trigger growing up. Uh-huh. <laughs> he was my only, uh, my only crush in the movies. But um, I always had a fantasy of um, riding with him. I never really thought about doing a movie with him because I think there was so, such an age difference. But, um, but I, I uh, was, when I finally did start working in film, I, I was sort of disappointed that the Westerns were sort of over. Ah, uh, it had finished by that time, yeah. Yeah, yeah. which is too bad, but <laughs> I guess um, everything comes full circle eventually. Oh, yeah, they'll be back, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, as we were talking, uh, you got to work with Elvis. Um, I did, were yeah. Were you a big fan of Elvis be- before you got the part? Um, you know, I wasn't. Mm. I really wasn't. I I had met him um, briefly in Florida when he was kind of before he became so famous. Um, mm-hmm. He and his group were staying at a an old hotel down the street called the I think it was the Mayflower. It wasn't even on the beach; it was across the beach. But um, I was walking uh, home from school, and they were all uh, sitting out in the front uh, and and started hooting and hollering and everything, and Elvis came over and was hitting. Ari sent one of his guys over, and it was hitting on me to go out with him. But I was so young um, that I didn't really uh, have any interest in boys at that point. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Or time. Um, I think I was about, I don't know, 16 or something. But I guess, um, you know, later when I worked with him, I had two babies. So um, he had, uh, you know, there was no... No interest there. It was strictly professional, but I know he he did have a bevy of guys around uh, with a lot of girls coming and going all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but he, I found him to be uh, quite professional and and quite nice. Uh-huh. 
and you were also in the film, and, and, and this one seems to be shown almost, oh, at least once a month on, on different satellite channels that I've seen, is uh, Dr. Goldfoot and the, the Bikini oh, Machine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> These were all, um, the Elvis, which I did hardly anything in, in any of them, I, were just bread and butter films. Mm, um, yeah. I, you know, to pay the rent, yeah. we called it. So, um but they were fun to do. You yeah, that's know, what I was going to say. Part They're... of kind of learning the business and yeah, those are fun movies to watch. I mean, <laughs> yeah, and you know where to stand, where's the lighting, where you know where's the camera and all that stuff, and you kind of do have to pay your dues unless you. I I can't imagine how you could do it if you didn't. I think anybody, um, some of these kids that they say they're overnight successes. I can't. I'm sure that they've they've had to. Um, learn somewhere oh i'm sure they must i mean yeah you also worked with sinatra like we were talking about earlier uh uh-huh. um, what was it what was the experience of working with sinatra um sinatra was an awesome presence and i was really intimidated especially after the the crew got hold of me and said um that he didn't rehearse and he had a very short temper and a fuse and that um just what you wanted to hear right <laughs> yeah and if you blew a take um he'd walk off the set because he didn't want to do it more than once you know i i don't know why he didn't rehearse but i guess he felt it ruined his spontaneity or something yeah. uh, kind of crazy but anyway um so the director walked through me with it and um i was just i was so nervous i couldn't believe it i thought oh my god he's gonna throw me out of here and it was um i was but he actually blew the first take and i don't know i to this day i think maybe he did it on purpose because my probably had my eyes crossed or something but anyway because it was a very long scene that i had in the film um it was just one scene but it was just sort of they did a moving shot and and they didn't do any coverage they just did a you know sort of a one one long shot so mm-hmm. um so when we did it i i was astounded you know that it, it really went so well I, oh all right guys <laughs> got got a couple of foster dogs here <laughs> oh god <laughs> anyway but it was it was great fun i mean he he was great he was so nice he made them close the set when i did it because uh you know, I had to strip down to my underwear, which in those days was, you know, practically going nude. Yeah, shocking back then. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. But at that point, I had done that because I wanted to leave um, California. I wanted to go home, and I had a commercial to do. But I needed another. I was so broke, I needed another ticket to get my my babies out on a plane, I mean. Yeah, yeah. So, anyway, it, was, it worked out, and... Um, Somehow, from that crazy movie, Fox uh, exercised my option, and that's how I got Land of the Giants. So, with Land of the Giants, did you have to go to a, a you know, an open call or anything like that to get? No, to... they cast me from. Uh, they saw the uh, the rushes just you know, from that. Wow! From that, and I had I had moved back to Florida. I mean, that was my intention. Was I had gone back home to? I just really didn't like it that much. I missed. Uh, I missed the beach, I guess. Yeah. Anyway, um, they my agent called and told me he had a series for me, and I hung up on him. <laughs> you hung up on him? <laughs> I said, 
Because <laughs> I had told him, I said, uh, you know, but I was, I didn't expect it to happen, but I just said, I'm not coming back unless I have a series or a film. <laughs> this is ridiculous. And um, so when he called me and told me that, I, I really thought he was joshing me. Mm-hmm. Now, was it because of what he, you were getting a series or because of what the series content was? No, it's because it just seemed too easy. Oh. <laughs> you know, just, I mean, that just doesn't happen very often where I'm you sure. don't have to audition. Yeah. Huh. You know, it's, so I thought he was sort of pulling my leg. Now, now when you read it, though, did you, did you sort of like, uh, I don't know if I want to, you know, because of, you know, sci-fi and, and the, it must have been physically demanding and everything. Well, it was physically demanding, but I enjoyed that. Cause oh, really? I, I had always been very physical and I had done so much of the commercials on a horse, you know, or on water skis or whatever. Um, and, but he told me at first that, you know, I had Betty's part of the stewardess, and I thought, oh, that is, that's, I just didn't feel that it was right for me, that mm-hmm. it was, you know, could be just one-dimensional unless, you know, they had something going on. And But, um, and I don't know, Somehow, um, I guess my agent talked to him, and and they gave. I don't know whether it was their original intention or not, but he said, "No, no, it's you have the um, the arrogant, bitchy um, <laughs> jet setter." So I thought, "Oh, that I can, that I can go for." <laughs> hmm. Uh, yeah. Now, of course, some of our listeners may not realize that the, you know that Land of the Giants was not like it is now on a TV show or any or a, a movie. Uh, everything they saw was real. Well, yeah. You know, I mean, I, I, I don't want to make it sound like it was, you know they were giants, but I mean, the, it was the way it was filmed, and all the props were props. Oh, yeah. it, there wasn't computer graphics then, so right. everything had to be like shot three different ways and different type of cameras uh, and blue screen and and then they had to make all the giant props and they they had mechanical hands you know mm-hmm. and they had um a little doll of my of me and i think they had a little doll of um i think fits you uh, yeah so i think we were the two that kept would always get caught and um it was it was really painstaking. I mean, it, we worked overtime every day. We wouldn't get home till really late, and and then um, of course on the weekends I was doing another show called Stump the Stars, which was mm-hmm. yep. also pretty physically demanding. Yeah. But I guess you can do it when you're young. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now, with with um, all the stunts that you were doing and everything, uh, did they have stunt doubles for you, or did, were, oh yes, yes, yeah. of course they had stunt doubles. And um, uh, but you know we would we would try to do 
them ourselves unless they absolutely said no. Yeah. Uh, but generally, we did it because it would be so time-consuming to shoot it. I mean, it would be everything had to be so exact with the cameras and the looks, and and we were acting to you know a Klieg light in the ceiling, yeah, because uh, we obviously never saw the giants. Mm-hmm. Um, that we would get so bored. I mean, Don and I would play chess all day, and <laughs> and uh, we just everybody would get you know a little bit nutsy. So if we had the opportunity to climb up a rope or jump off a table or you know whatever, it was it. It felt good. Yeah, give me something to do, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, there weren't that many lines, do you know? Yeah, 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 because most of the time sure. it was the physical part, climbing up the ropes and, and hiding yeah, and, exactly. and all that. So now, did you ever, even though they had stunt doubles, did uh, any of you ever get hurt? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we did, but we we usually wouldn't bellyache about it too much because then they'd stop letting us do it, you know, uh, but... Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we had a lot of skin knees and hurt backs, and I think there was one show, I think it was Mechanical Man, where I, um, where Don got uh, hurt, and um, I saw it, and I was screaming, but uh, they thought, you know, <laughs> I had tuned up my acting, I guess. <laughs> and there was a couple where I, I got kind of bruised, and but, you know... Um, Nothing terrible. Yeah, yeah. Any memorable moments of things that went on? Was, was there a lot of joking or anything that went on during the the show? Yeah. Well, of course, the funniest guy in the cast was Kurt Kasner. Mm-hmm. And we were all in awe of him because of his his uh, credits and what he had done. You know, all those Broadway shows and musicals. And with, so he was... He Julie was the... Andrews. And, I mean, he was like... The really and the elder statesman. I mean, that he had sort of been there and done that. So he and, was a joker. Hmm? He, he joked around a lot. Oh yeah. See now, I wouldn't have. I, of course, the act. You know, he was a good actor, and the acting he did on the show. I, I wouldn't have taken him as being the joker of the group. <laughs> yeah, he was. He was very funny, and he was always teasing everybody unmercifully. Hmm. Yeah. You know, I mean. Um, and he was probably my closest sidekick on the show. He, we really hit it off. Moving away from Land of the Giants, uh-huh. um, you were also on another very popular uh, TV show at the time uh, that you, know, you did a guest starring role on as Anna Graham. Oh, on uh, Batman. On Batman, yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> now, how was it when that when you did that show? I mean, of course, that was an amazingly popular show. Yes, it was. Um, how did you, you know, how, first off, how did you get the part to be on there? Um, gosh, I, I, I think they asked for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm trying to remember. I, you know, I can't remember now if that was before Giants or after. Yeah, it, 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 I mean, was I'm it? sure it's hard to remember. It was one episode that you... <laughs> well, no, actually it was two, I think. Oh, it was two. Oh, okay. Uh, um, but it was, it might've been during one of the hiatuses, you know, Yeah. that we went on. Um, but I, I'm just, um, I think it was afterwards because. Gee, I'm, I'm know, looking I, at my notes here. Uh, it was 1967. 67? 67. So it was before. Oh, it was before then. Yep. Oh, 
Um, yeah, because I I was really sick at the time. I had this um, terrible pain and um, in my face that was they diagnosed as tic dolorue. Oh, yeah. And it's I don't know if you know what that is, yep. but it's yep. um, it, it's the three nerves in your face. They just for some reason they just go crazy, and you you're in such pain that. Um, I, I, it's just indescribable, you know, and um, I signed papers to have the nerve cut, and which would have meant that my eyelid would stay closed and my mouth would droop on one side, mm-hmm. and, you know, I mean, there's a lot of consequences, but it's the only, it was the only cure, so I was going to do it, and a friend of mine who is a, a surgeon, um, said, you know, I really shouldn't do it. I should tr- exhaust, you know. And, of course, they had examined my teeth, and they said, oh, you know, an X-ray. And they said, no, it's not the teeth. And <clears throat> So after the uh, Cedars-Sinai, I think it was at the time, diagnosed as tic they this doctor friend of mine suggested a neurologist that was doing some testing with um, combinations of different drugs. And... Um, like Dilantin with a couple of other, I don't know. Anyway, I was a human guinea pig. No. <laughs> and I signed my life away to do it, to try to, you know, find out. But the problem with taking all these strange drugs is that you had to be on a really um, regulated diet. And when I went over to do Batman, I had taken the medication, but then they they were late with breakfast. And I was sitting in the makeup chair and... All of a sudden, I got violently ill, and I don't know where it came from, or <laughs> but I barfed all over that poor makeup man, all his makeup. I mean, oh, it was it was like a scene from The Exorcist. Oh, I, it was just unbelievable, and I was I felt so badly, and I was so apologetic, and I said, "Oh, I am so sorry." I said, "It's just the drugs." I babbled, and uh, and I thought. Later, I thought, well, you know what, much later, years later, when I was telling something, somebody about this, I thought, oh, my God, they must have thought I meant drug drugs, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I don't remember who the makeup man was, but if I ever find him, I think I'm going to tell him. <laughs> <laughs> they must have thought, boy, she, she, she's real yeah. open about it. <laughs> well, she can't hold her drugs. <laughs> right. <laughs> But anyway, they they took me off in a in the limo and took me home and treated me very sweetly. So I guess they didn't think I was too horrible. But um, yeah, it was very very uh, bad time in my life when I did that. When I when I wasn't, you know, I mean, I could still function when I wasn't wasn't barfing. But um, <laughs> but boy, you had to be so care. It was really horrendous. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So they had to, unfortunately, they, I think they had to work around me a bit, which was too bad. In the 80s, you worked with, uh, you were you were actually the uh, female lead in Jerry Lewis's Hardly Working. Uh-huh. Uh, what was it like working with an icon like Jerry Lewis? Well, you know, I was nervous about it, and I thought, I thought, um, my, my agent had told me stories, and I really wasn't, too excited about working for him. I had never really auditioned for him because uh, I was a little afraid of him. But 
<clears throat> when I was called uh, called to to do it or to meet with him, um, I I did, and uh, he was just so nice. And I I guess that's how you know rumors start because he was a terrific guy, mm-hmm. yeah. and there was no problems. And um, he he's one of two directors that told me on the spot that I had the part. And the other one was Roman Polanski, of all people. Wow. Oh. Yeah. But that's another story. <laughs> <laughs> I notice on your Facebook that you uh-huh. um, uh, have a lot to do with rescue dogs. or, or uh, Yes, I do. Could you I tell do. us a, a little about fact, that? I'm in the process of trying to find a good foster home for um, a darling guy. Have you seen the advertisements for Smitty? No, I haven't seen those. It's, I think it's a new Disney film. Anyway, they have something on um, on the Internet about it, uh, to vote for your favorite rescue place. So anyone that's voting, vote for WheatonRescue.org. Uh, mm-hmm. okay. uh, but anyway, he's he's half Wheaton, I think. And um, I, I, got, I rescued him from the uh, Pasadena they were going to put him to sleep and he's just the sweetest boy um, but I'm getting a, a puppy mill rescue so I, I can't have two male dogs uh-huh. okay. so anyway if you hear of anybody let me know yes people should keep keep an eye out for that oh because... yeah yeah and if you want to see what he looks like he looks just like Smitty <laughs> uh, his picture is actually on the Wheaton rescue oh okay Toby is his name Toby okay and, um uh... But yeah, I've got three three kitty rescues and him and I had I've had about four foster dogs and I've been pretty pretty uh, lucky with finding homes for them. That's good. But then I have two of my own too. Deanna, I want to finish up with just uh, two really quick questions. Um, favorite TV shows of all time? Um. Wow. Favorite TV show of all time. Besides, besides anything you were in. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, you know, I liked the old Playhouse ninety. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Never did it, but I did. I did. Um, I think that the whole concept of and Hallmark, I love that. There was a um, there was one about uh, a show on about um, the fellow that started AA. Oh. And a friend of mine uh, recently died, the producer, uh, Peter Duchot. And um, I just thought, uh, I just thought that was wonderful. I, I was honored to do a, be in one of his films, Movies of the Week, but um, it was nothing compared to um, that, that particular show. Mm-hmm. I can't think of the name of it, but Brother, no, not Brother's Keeper, um, my name is Bill W., I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. But, yeah, there's been a lot of really great shows. Are you talking about a series or... or a... Anything, whatever. Oh, what, uh, what, what, what do you like to watch, that type of thing? Yeah. What do I like? Well, I like 60 Minutes. I like of all the documentary mm-hmm. stuff. I love the... Uh, uh, what do you call it? The ge- uh, graphic... I can't think. I'm having a senior moment. I can't think of the name of it. Um, you know about the animals and plants. Oh yeah, the animal planet type. Yeah. yeah. 
What about uh, are you a reality show fan? <laughs> well, you know, it's it's sort of like watching a car crash. I know. It, I, I don't. You, I don't you care can't for not it. watch it once you start, but you wonder. I mean, for all the money in the world, I, like I'm hooked on the the stupid Bachelorette, but mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I just wonder. I mean. I, and I admire these people that can open up their their selves and show uh, their their souls. Uh, I don't know how they do it. I don't. I mean, I don't think I could ever do anything like that. I know. It just, it's. I don't know. <laughs> the closest I ever came to reality was Stump the Stars, and where we played charades all the time, and right. And we were pretty much ourselves, you know, our crazy nutty uh, selves, and that was really great fun. And and uh, Mike Stokey was. The host that was such a nice man, but um, I don't, these these shows were you, you know you know that they're um, they're they're plotted. Oh yeah, they are. and and they're like soap operas. Yeah, you know that in, in a sense, except there's no dialogue written per se, but uh, but they have to keep the audience interest, so they have some drama going on. Oh and yeah, it's, they, um, they've got to. <laughs> It's just a new form of soap, I guess. But yeah. fun. I mean, it's like it is. It's like watching paint dry. But on the other hand, it's sort of like watching a car crash. Too, so. <laughs> what about movies? <laughs> what What are your favorite all time movies? Well, you know, um, the, it changes over the years, and and not too many stay current. You know, like that you can watch over and over. I think my all time favorite was Gone with the Wind, and that's one that. You know, I watch every five years because I just think it's, it was so wonderful. Yeah, that one pops up a lot. A lot of people, you know. Yeah, yeah um, but there's not, um, otherwise they all start to blur into each other. Mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I can't watch animal movies anymore because they make me cry. Ah, okay. It, like, uh, I don't like, know, what about like the dog? Beauty or Last Year, any, anything yeah. that has any, anything that happen, hurts an animal or that they go through any trauma. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There was a really good one, though, about a jockey not too long ago that was excellent. Yeah. I liked, you know, at the time, um, I think I told you I read for Roman Polanski. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I thought he was a pretty interesting character. But when I read for them, read, read for, I didn't read for um, Mia Farrow's part. I read for her best friend that lived, she befriended in the roaming house there that takes a dive out the window mm-hmm. um, and when he told me I had the part um, it turned out that Irwin Allen wouldn't even though we were on hiatus he wouldn't let me do it and I was under contract uh, to the studio so I had no choice and he was a crazy person he, he found my number and he called me at home and he was yelling at me I thought you wanted to do the part and I thought you know this is I guess that's what makes him creative, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> little nuts. <you> know? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> well, Deanna, I want to thank you so much for taking oh, the time. You're this, is, this has been fun. It has been fun, Brian. Thanks for calling. And, of course, I want to thank Deanna so much for taking the time to talk to us. Great guests, a lot of good stories, and it was fun talking with her. And I hope you enjoyed that one. And um, let's see here. I want to remind you that uh, if you have a suggestion of somebody that you would like to hear on On Screen and Beyond, 
send it to us at feedback at onscreenandbeyond.com, and we'll try to get that person on. Can't always do it, but we'll see what we can do. And uh, thanks for listening. And next week, we have another great guest coming your way. So until then, this is Brian Zumrak. Take care. Thank you.